Tuesday, July 11th, Sleepers Podcast. Everyday podcasters, blue-collar podcasters. We're back for day two of five days this week and every week going forward. Uh, Car- I feel like it was pretty well-received for the most part. People are excited that we're going to do this more. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I do want to apologize because I know there was a couple people out there who definitely sprinkled on under one and a half episodes this week at Plus Money Value. Uh, probably honestly did have a little bit of value, not going to lie to you, but we're here. Uh, shout out to our haters. And we're going to be everyday blue collar podcasters. Do, do the people know what we mean by blue collar podcasters? We're going to do whatever needs to be done to record. If we got to record at a certain time, we're going to record at a certain time. If we got to drive somewhere that we're not invited to, we'll drive somewhere we're not invited to. That's just what we do. And we do it for y'all. Just, just so y'all know. What's the live line right now? If the pre- week line was over under one and a half episodes what's the live line at the live line the live line is probably at three just up flat three just flat three you're not giving us a lot of credit there i was thinking it'd be up to like over under four and a half i'm i'm honestly more sick that you keep putting me in situations where i have to come up with lines where you know in the couple years of recording with me that there's nothing i'm worse at than coming up with fake lines yeah, it's true. I'm sorry. I got to feed you better. I got to uh, I got to keep my guy happy. It is what it is. Hey, uh, some quick news at the top, and then we're going to actually read some YouTube comments from yesterday. We're doing a commentary for a putt-putt match. You heard that correctly. That's Thursday. It's going to be through my friends at Dimers, and they are going to be streaming a world putting league, essentially a, a one-on-one head-to-head match between two of the best putt-putters in the world. And the two of us are going to be doing play-by-play and color commentary for it. Carter, I can't wait. You're a big putt-putt guy, I hear. Oh, huge. And I'm the best putter out of this podcast. I just don't think that's accurate, but I guess... Just putting. Just putting. Just putting. Putt-putt is different than actual golf, but um, we can put that to the test at some point if you actually extend me an invite to golf, unlike the last six times that you pretended you wanted to golf with me. Hey, let's do some YouTube comments real quick, Cart, because uh, we are, as we keep saying, everyday podcasters now. And yesterday's episode, while available on Apple and Spotify, was also up on our YouTube channel. And we're going to do this every single day now. If you go to the YouTube videos and you comment anything, we're going to read and respond to them at the beginning of the next day's episode. Don't feel forced to do that. You can listen to this wherever you want to listen to it. It all means the same to us, but we like our YouTube community and we want to show them a little extra love. So, Cart, let's roll through. We had seven comments yesterday. They're all pretty quick. Easy Rider 32 said, love having the full episode in one video. We listen to people, don't we, Cart? We do. Uh, Maybe to a fault at some point, but we always listen. Steve Frisbee said, more sleepers content. I'm here for it. Thank you, Steve. Stanley said, it's giving super cuts with laughing emojis. Do you stand by that statement? I, I 100% stand by the statement that if you are going to go to a super cuts or a great clips or any of those establishments, you should establish one barber that cuts your hair every single time. And I will stand by that. I will die on that hill. I will die on that barber chair. Tony J35, I don't know if I'm saying that right, said jet jetting LMFAO. Yeah, well, I mean, he was hitting shots. Don't take that as a total diss. He did his. I mean, that, that is, well, him hitting shots is jetting. That's yeah, part of jetting. He did his whole jet experience. It was what it was. Slothy one said ILL Carter. Hey, I and I, baby. 
Uh, and then to the Jose Perez video, by the way, we got absolutely roasted on Twitter from uh, Daily Dose of Hoops. I think his name's John Daly, if I'm remembering correctly. Is John uh, James? Jaden? Jaden Daly. Sorry. Jayden. How dare I confuse Jaden Daly, a Twitter troll with 8,000 basketball followers somehow who likes uh, the Mid American Conference or Mid uh, AAC, double AC? How dare I confuse yeah. him with one of the greatest golfers who has the best golf course drink named after him? I'm sorry. Uh, he roasted us for our Jose Perez take. We said he would be an eight to nine points a game scorer at Michigan. And he called us, uh, what did he call us? Do you have the quote? Uh, grossly misinformed. Grossly misinformed while asserting that he would only score one more bucket per game in his rebuttal to friend of the show, Riley Davis. So I, I don't know what's going on with Daily Dust of Hoops. Anyway, here's the two comments from the Jose Perez video. Uh, Richard Blake, 3553, said, having the same barber makes it a friendship. Barbers are like bartenders. They hear everything and have great stories. Apparently, this is like a real thing. I thought this was just a Carter thing. Yeah, you, I don't know why you thought I was making this up. It's a real thing. I just thought your relationship with your barber was a you thing and not a everyone who goes to their barber thing. No, it's a it's a real life thing. Like the relationship, like ladder. It's like my family, friends, friends and barber are probably tied. And then go blue forty nine sixty three said, "I have to agree. Go to a real barber shop. Stick with the same person. Makes the experience and the haircut way better." Okay, I get it. I uh, I'm open to being wrong here. In fact, Cart, I'm getting a haircut today, so I will have an opportunity now. It's right there for taking for me to change my ways and to listen to you and the comments and see for myself. We'll see what happens, or maybe I'll just go to Sport Clips and get a 20 minute haircut and be home in time to feed my daughter dinner. Never know. I, I, I agree. I agree with the convenience and I know we need to get into this episode, but just riddle me this maybe for a week or just give it a pick a month where you have an open month. And for you, I want you to go to a salon, go to a salon, establish a person, have an experience, set an hour aside for yourself for some Gregory time, get yourself a nice cut, maybe a wash if you got time towel tvs on around you maybe and just relax and just get a like nice hair all those things aren't present at sport clips they're right there there's tvs on there's towels i could be there for an it's, hour it's, if i want it's sports clips <laughs> just like they're doing the same thing i don't get it, it at least go to lady jane's <laughs> also i God. should i be offended that you switched up from a barbershop to a salon for me in your <laughs> your plea for me to do this I mean, you could go to a barbershop. Am I not allowed to go in a barbershop? No, you are, but uh, you just strike me as more of the get your hair cut a salon type. That hurts. That hurts more than this. It's, it's, it, does, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It does hurt. Why does that not hurt? All my white friends get their haircuts at salons. Ah, okay. Well, not all your white friends because I go to sports clips. All right. Let's get into this. I hear before we start, um, the first topic today is uh, Bob Huggins and I guess to an extent Pat Fitzgerald. But uh, you have a statement you'd like to read on the show? Yeah, um, I, I just feel like a lot has been communicated through my PR team and, you know, Sleeper's uh, legal team. And I just wanted to come out and say myself, look, it's it's a it's a nasty situation. What's going on? I don't want to relive the situation. I don't want to reassess the situation right now. 
but I just wanted to be known that I am sorry for what transcribed and I am 100% committed to clearing my name and I am 100% have faith in not only myself, my family, but also my legal team that we will come out on top in this situation and we can move forward with being the best version of myself and sleepers. What exactly happened? What what were you accused of? <laughs> uh, I was accused of making contact with an official in my men's league game. Isn't there video of this happening? <laughs> uh, there may or may not be video. Uh, a lot of our games are recorded on a Samsung Galaxy, uh, so it might be a little hazy, but... Uh, there's 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 some nasty rumors swirling around about me making contact with an official uh, who wanted to be the star of the show and call touch fouls. Just rumors, though. That's the key word. Just, just rumors. Just rumors. And uh, I, I take it that was an apology, but not really something that actually happened. It was apology for something that didn't happen. I mean, you, you know, I'm, I'm there's no way I should be getting ref like I'm Kofi Coburn out there. That's what I'm saying. If I get fouled, I get fouled. All right. Call one ref. All right. That's a solid segue, though, into uh, the two. I don't know what you even call this. I They're not like scandals anymore. They're not conspiracies, I don't think. They're just coaches that got fired. Uh, the, the big news currently is Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern is out uh, as of yesterday. Nasty rumors. Uh, I guess that's the fair term, right? I mean, the hazing rumors essentially for years and years and years and a very divisive one here because a lot of people have come out to defend Pat Fitzgerald, including prominent media members. Uh, we've also got a bunch of people who played for him and grad assistants that were in the walls of that program that are denying this completely and saying there was no one that was ever offended by this, even though their peers are saying they were offended. Very touchy subject. Uh, didn't mean that as a pun, but very touchy subject, Bob Huggins, <laughs> Bob Huggins. Everybody knows what happened there. Um, I mean, he had two chances at this, right? He had the horrible comments on a radio show and then he had a DUI. Now he's coming back saying that he never formally, uh, I, what's the word not retired, but Re resigned, he never formally resigned from West Virginia. Even because though, he doesn't have email, right? Even though there's documentation of this and he's blaming his wife now, which seems like a crazy move for a guy who nobody wants anything to do with anymore. I, this is just two messy situations, two totally separate situations. But uh, my takeaway is something that connects both of them. What is your biggest takeaway from, I guess, the Bob Huggins situation to start and then do Pat Fitzgerald as well? Well, for Bob Huggins, for me, I just don't understand why there's kind of so much, oh, God, like it's, oh, it's Huggy Bear. Oh, it's, oh, it's Huggin. He's such a, oh, God, what a legend. Like, oh, Huggins wouldn't do that. That's what kills me. The people taking these coaches' names and saying, oh, they wouldn't do this. Well, th th that's the thing. They, they did do it. And with Huggins, I just really don't have much remorse because, you had the situation where you had the the nasty comments on the radio show with the anti-gay slurs um, and saying that on air and getting suspended for that. And then literally not, what, less than a month after that, you get a DUI. A DUI where also he blew a .21, which is like, I don't even, he, you shouldn't even be functioning at that point for some people. And he's out here driving the car. And then he tells his team that he's done. 
And now he's blaming his wife and doing all this other stuff and basically just ruining and tarnishing his name and the the little name that he had left for the rest of his career. And now I just don't understand like why the remorse is with them. And with the Fitzgerald situation, the same thing. Like why is everyone just jumping to the, why the first thing when you read all these allegations and these comments is no, couldn't be my Pat, not my, not my good old Pat Fitzgerald. He's a good Northwestern man. He knows everything. DeSantis, Trump, 2024. That's usually how that goes. That's usually what the bios look like who defend him. There's all this hazing going on. There's all this evidence going on. And your first thought is to defend the man. No, he he did the wrong thing in this case. And I also don't understand the whole hazing environment, too. Like, maybe it's an old thing. When I hazed my teammates, I had them drive me home from the bar when I was drunk. Like, that's that's how I hazed my teammates. I didn't want to touch them. So I, it's, a, it's a whole different world out there that I can't even understand. But both of them had to get the axe. I don't understand. Huggy's just not going quietly for some reason. Yeah, you, like, as a media member or as a fan, I think it's a really dangerous spot because you can just be blinded by fandom. You can be blinded by personal relationship. There's a bunch of different ways um, that that can convince you that, good people in your mind are good people and are infallible of being a part of something that makes them lose their job. And that's just not true. That can happen anywhere. It's complicated, especially in the Pat Fitzgerald one. The Bob Huggins one isn't complicated. The dude literally said some slurs on a show, somehow didn't lose his job. And then a month later got blackout drunk, didn't know what city he was in and put everybody's lives in danger on the road that night. Like, He's lucky he didn't kill someone. Of course, he should be fired. And now he's behaving like an old drunk madman in the way he's releasing a statement after this. Pat Fitzgerald's more complicated to me, and I'm not I'm not defending him in any means. I think he should be fired. I'm glad he was fired. But it's more complicated because there are very conflicting reports, right? Like people within the program are saying this is not what happened. At the same time, people within the program are saying this is what happened. Nobody was adamantly denying that Bob Huggins didn't say horrible comments or didn't drive drunk. That happened. He was fired. Pat Fitzgerald, like unless you were in that room, you don't know what happened. And it's a split on what happened in that room. Uh, Obviously, you should take the allegations very seriously. It is like, like to your... I like your point. Like, I agree with your point on how people should handle and respond to this stuff. The only thing I would say is like, we kind of went through this with Michigan state a few years back with like the way ESPN condemned Tom Izzo and Mark D'Antonio for something. They ended up not having a part in really at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. everybody jumped on them. And at the time I thought they were both going to get fired. Like, I just thought it was going to play out exactly how Pat Fitzgerald's thing did in reality that didn't happen and more information came out and the school stood by them. And that's great. They, it's a good thing. Those guys did not become, I guess, victims of whatever you want to call this whole situation. Pat Fitzgerald feels different. It feels like there are some more clear connections to him being involved and aware that this stuff happened. But I do think like it's a dangerous spot where like, every situation just needs to be taken one by one because you can't just across the board be like, these guys should be fired immediately when there's an accusation because the sad truth about our world is there's going to be accusations of a lot of shit at a lot of different places. And I think you just got to wait for the investigations to play out. But it seems like these both resulted in what they should have. Um, And the larger point is like, even if you're, 
not sure, or even if your experience with Pat Fitzgerald feels different, you shouldn't go out and like flatly deny that this could happen. That's what bothers me. Like, I'm really annoyed with people who are like, Pat Fitzgerald's a great guy. There's no way this could happen. There's absolutely a way this could happen. Like, yeah, yeah very much so. <laughs> good people can get involved in horrible things and good people are like, can be good to one person and really bad to others. Like that just is mm -hmm. what it is. There's a dichotomy there of how the human experience goes. Um, like I have personal experience with that. I had a coach in high school who like, I loved, I won a lot of games with, and then found out he was doing some horrible things years later. Like, I'm not going to come out and be like, because I love this guy, this guy deserves his job still. No, like, just let it go. Fans need to separate fandom from what these accusations are. Take them seriously and be willing to part with whatever memories you have of Pat Fitzgerald or Bob Huggins because of the reality of these situations. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and I, and this might not be for you. This might just be me. I think it's okay. It, it's, it's more so people not saying, coming on saying, Oh, Pat Fitzgerald was, a good coach, but he, you know, he's a good coach who did a lot for Northwestern, but these are serious allegations. Um, if these are true, then, you know, he should be fired or he should be punished basically like that. It was more so the people that irked me is people that came out. No, Pat Fitzgerald couldn't do this because it's Pat Fitzgerald and he's a Northwestern man. He can't do this. He's a good guy. I know Pat Fitzgerald. It's that that's the part that just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. I mean, but you summed you summed it up. You summed it up well. People, like you said, people have a hard time thinking that certain people cannot do things wrong and have like this godlike figure where like they can't mess up and can't do something wrong. It's anybody, no one is above anything. Yeah, everybody makes mistakes. Some people's mistakes are like they left the light on in the living room for too long. Or like they forgot to change their air conditioner in their house and the house was too cold when they woke up. Some people's mistakes are getting blackout drunk and thinking you're in a different state than you're in uh, after a Taylor Swift concert. So uh, it is, I will say this, Cart, I mean, to an extent, like it's a shame to see Pat Fitzgerald go down like this, like hard not to respect what he built at Northwestern. And you got to have some charm, some resilience and ability to get from the suburbs to the city without the Uber app in that job. So that's why my first call would be Bob Huggins. If I'm Northwestern football, um, just food for thought, just throwing that out there. All right, let's move on. Topic number two car. You want to talk about Moneyball? What's going on in Moneyball? I do want to, I do want to talk about Moneyball, and I'm going to show my age here. Uh, for those who don't know, those are listening, those are watching. I'm a 30 year old male. Uh, but for me, I remember when Moneyball used to be like, it, and this is no shade to Moneyball or Desmond Ferguson, the organization, the program he puts on. It's an amazing event. But I remember this event being at AIM High and all Michigan State players played. All the best college players uh, from across the state of Michigan played in it. Um, there was NBA pros that would come back and play in it. Like, it was really good bump. Like, it was good run. And the fans enjoyed it and everybody enjoyed it. Now, the fans enjoy it today. Obviously, you get to see the new freshmen get a look at all those guys coming back. They definitely want to come see the Michigan State players. But outside of that, the competition is just it's it's below par. I mean, it's like it's truly glorified L.A. fitness runs. And I kind of hate to see what it's become. It's fun to see these guys get out and play and dunk and do all this stuff and basically just defense optional kind of stuff. But 
it I somehow miss just like the the battles that used to happen in Moneyball and like guys coming back and trying to go at the young guys on the team or guys from Oakland or Eastern or Western Michigan going at guys or overseas pros going at guys. Like I kind of just miss that like pro-am lockout mixtape balls life like type feel with these games and they don't really have it anymore. And I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of think it kind of hurts it kind of hurts Michigan state's players development a little bit. I know that might be a stretch and an overreaction, but I truly thought that Moneyball was a great addition and it used to add something. And I don't really know what it adds right now, except, you know, the fan base being out and going to see the new players and the players coming back. Yeah. I don't know how you fix that. I think um, it's more for the community than anything. Like it's just so like families yeah. can bring their three-year-old and be like, Ooh, look, that guy dunks for our favorite team. Yay. Like it, which is cool. That is valuable. I think it's really cool that Izzo, I don't want to say, I don't know what the word is, allows his guys to do. That. I think he forces his guys to do this, which I'm happy about. Force isn't the right word, but like he's probably the only coach who like requires his team to play in a summer event like this, which is awesome for the community. Um, I, I think the only way it would get back to what you're saying is if there were certain NBA guys who really prioritized doing this every year. And I know like years ago, it seemed like Draymond came back a little bit. I don't remember like in the Miles Bridges era when he was at Michigan State or I'm sorry, in the redacted era when he was at Michigan State. uh, Weren't there some NBA players who came back that were active to play against? Like, who were those players? Uh, I mean, it wasn't like for a whole season, but like Cash and those guys came back and played in games. Gary was on that team, though. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Cash was on that team. Gary did. Oh, it's like Gary and Zell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gary and Zell and those guys. Actually, I think. AP might have played in the game, but I'm not sure. But, like, those guys were coming back and playing. Okay, maybe conspiracy here. They need more pros in order to be able to do that, right? Like, who's where's the crop of Michigan State's, like, young 22 to 25-year-old NBA players? Max Christie? Redacted. Well, I mean, in, but even outside of NBA players, like, Cash should be coming you, back. Like, Cash playing. should be back every year. Yeah, I think I think I think Cash should be yeah. playing in money. There, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good players that come back and play. Actually, shout out to my guys over at uh, Athlazon. Uh, it's a local media company here at in this side of the Metro Detroit area. They have these college runs that they post, and they got like all the all the guys from the Metro Detroit area who play college or overseas or Division One, like getting runs. Like I I feel like that should be what Moneyball is, but it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think you're right. I don't know how you fix it um, other than like have the right people just proactively want to go back, which it seemed like for a while Draymond was that, but he's getting up there. So you need another young guy to come in and do it. I feel like it could have been miles, but if any, if anybody from Moneyball is listening to this, reach out to uh, sleepersmedia at gmail.com. We'll collaborate. We'll get the sleepers times Moneyball program going. We'll start reaching out to guys and getting them back. I do want to do like commentary on that. Like, I think we would crush live play by play for uh, an event like that. Maybe there's a way. I wonder if they could like set up a stream for that and we could do digital commentary for that. It'd be fun. It will be. Just throwing it out there. Um, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe this group of freshmen will be the group that comes back years from now, Cart. Maybe there's four NBA players in this MSU class and every summer they'll come back and play at Holt High School against Jackson Kohler yeah, in his fifth year. Yeah, we'll pull. Hey, it's Greg here. 
interrupting whatever nonsense Cart and I are talking about to ask you if you knew that we do this five days a week now, Monday through Friday, you can find the full video episodes of every episode of the Sleepers Podcast on our YouTube channel. You can also listen to them wherever podcasts can be listened to. Please like and subscribe, though, because we're kind of trying to make this a more real thing, and we don't really make any money off of this right now, which uh, is not ideal. So, yeah, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoy this, and let's get you back to the show. Uh, I want to talk about NBA next. So, Summer League, uh, we kind of talked about reactions yesterday, but Keontae George is one name I specifically want to call out. He was awesome last night for the Utah Jazz, and it got me thinking a little bit overnight we both loved Keontae George. I think it's fair to say outside of the state of Michigan, like he was probably our favorite player collectively in the country this past season. Uh, I called him kid gorgeous early in the year. And then that nickname never stuck or stuck. Uh, but we like, we were in Madison, Wisconsin after an ice party delaying our dinner plans so that we could watch Keontae George just feast against Kansas. Like he was must see television for me every time that he played. He had 26 points last night, seven assists. The assists are popping for him in a way I didn't expect right away. Five for 10 from three. We know he can do that. Um, I feel like there is a gap every year in the NBA draft between NBA draft analysts and NBA draft Twitter and NBA scouts versus college basketball fans in evaluating guards. I feel like typically the NBA gets big men and wings pretty spot on. Like sometimes they can see holes in those players games more than I can at the college level. But every year, I swear to God, there's a guard who's incredible that we know is incredible just from watching 30 games of him that falls to like 20th in the draft because NBA scouts talked themselves into Bilal Koulibaly over Keontae George. Like, there was never a world where Keontae George wasn't like a top eight prospect in this draft. And oddly enough, credit to Rob Doster for calling this out. He said he could be the next Devin Booker. He's showing signs of that. I get it's really early, but like, uh, why do you think that guards that we love in college that so clearly feel like superstars just fall under the radar and fall to like 20th in the draft year after year after year? Yeah, the only one I can point to with this is that just I don't think the Baylor system really exemplified him or did any favors for him just with, you know, the other guards they had in the fold with Flagler. Um, I feel like it put Keontae in a box where he was kind of just standing around a little bit a lot of the time and then he would get the ball and go to work. Um, and because he didn't get the ball as much as I think he maybe wanted to or get as many shots as he wanted to, I feel like he felt the need to shoot every time. And I thought that he always had kind of that passing ability. Like you used to see flashes of it. So like the fact that he's getting seven assists doesn't really, you know, shock me at all. But I mean, you know, like you said, I can't believe we're saying credit to Rob Douster on this damn podcast. I did not want to say that, but like, I definitely do see, I definitely do see shades of that. And you can squint and see a Devin Booker type player. I don't know if he necessarily has the measurables that Booker has. Cause I feel like counted George is like six, Three, maybe six four. Is yeah, it that sounds right. I feel like he was six four in my head, yeah. which is all. But he, I mean, he's showing the full bag in this summer league, and also, if anyone hasn't noticed, he looks in unreal shape too. By the way, like he's he's looking really, you know, spell. He, he got a little bit, little little husky towards the end of the the Baylor the Baylor days, but he's looking in great shape. And I I, I hate that he's in Utah. I'm sorry. I do. Like, he's he's going to be the next Donovan Mitchell sent out of there, right? 
Yeah. Or are they just going to build around him? Like, what are they going to do? I Well, I kind of like it. That was one of my – I think I did really? a video on – I did a video on Fitz after the NBA draft that I really liked, and Keontae George was number one. And it's because I feel like Utah has no current pressure on that team to win at all. They're just like, we're going to roll out our young guys and see what happens. And Utah's next best seven players are all front court guys. So if Keontae George is really good, he's going to do everything for that team in the backcourt, which I think is a situation he needed to land on. Like if you threw Keontae George on a playoff team right now, I don't know that they even let him in the rotation because like he needs to be able to make mistakes. He needs to be able to have the ball in his hands 20 times a game and play in and play out, just be the driver of that team and see if it works. And I think that's happening in summer league already. And he looks super dynamic. I think Utah is going to allow him to do that in the regular season too, which is really exciting. So there, there's um, a world where you got robbed of a Keontae George and Jordan Poole backcourt. Yeah. That's sickening. Um, you deserve I just, that. I like, I'm looking back through some Pat, like Tyrese Maxey fell to 21 in 2020 and Patrick Williams and Isaac Okoro went four and five in that draft. Like, I, I any college basketball fan on earth could have just told you there's no way that Tyrese Maxey was going to be a worse player than those guys. Um, like I just think you can go year in and year out and find dudes that were really good guards in college that the NBA just lets slip, and I don't understand why. Pool's one of them, and I know Pool's had like a lot of issues, but like you could tell how dynamic he was in college. He falls to twenty while Jarrett Culver goes sixth, while um. Like, I'm trying to look through the rest of that draft. Like, it was ugly, man. Like, Romeo Langford, Sekudum Boya. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring back a bad memory there. Jesus. But do you do you think it's something with guards instead of big men, though? Am I out of something there? Or are you just, like, shaking it off? I think it's, like, I think it's undersized scoring guards. Okay. I, I think it's under. I think they struggle with undersized scoring guards and how they'll translate. Which now that you think about it, like, why does it, why is it so confusing? Like do undersized scoring, like combo guards really struggle like that when they're high draft? Like I'm thinking of like the Donovan Mitchells of the world, the Tyrese Maxis, like these undersized combo guards that aren't really point guards, maybe not necessarily shooting guards, but they are shooting guards. Like they usually, if they are successful in college, they kind of go on to be pretty successful but you rather take, you know, the guy with the super long wingspan who, you know, played over in New Zealand and is 19 and has all these measurables and all this potential. It's just, I don't know. It, it I think in the NBA draft, there's way too much emphasis put on potential. I get you want to draft for potential, but also like, look what's in front of you. Like watch or what, just- what about right now? Or just like size and frame. I think that's but like I'm I'm still going back. I'm sorry, but like Mario Hazonja goes five in a draft where Devin Booker goes thirteen. Like why? Just somebody tell me why. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I get it's easy to look back and like pick all this stuff out. Like at the time, nobody was like Devin Booker is a top five pick, but it just feels like every year the guard that you and I would say, oh, that dude's a superstar. Like we, we absolutely have nailed the last like five drafts of that guards. Awesome. And he falls to 15 or later and ends up being great in the league. Like, I just, I, I don't understand why it's with guards every time, but um, I don't know. It's a trend. I'm keeping my eye on for sure. Let's talk home run derby stuff. MLB all-star game tonight. 
I guess first question, do we care? Uh, no. We're a basketball podcast, so uh, I don't know if I should be surprised by you saying you don't care about MLB. I, I, I never watch baseball until playoff baseball. Could you right now, if forced to, could you name 15 baseball players in Major League Baseball? Yeah, easily. Easily? If it's easily, can I see it? Yeah. You want, want me to do it right now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ella Hand, also, Cruz. can I get hands up so I know you're not Googling? Ella De La Cruz, Spencer Torkelson, Akil Badu, Julio <laughs> Rodriguez, um, Mike Trout, Shohai, Otani. You've watched um, two of the six names so far. <laughs> sorry, Aaron Judge, uh, Nolan Arenado, um, Justin Verlander, Jose Altuve. Um, I definitely know. I, I know 15 baseball. Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, Jack Adley. Champ. Huh? Home run derby champ. Yep, Jack Adley. Um, shout out to uh, Jerry, by the way, on that bet. That was unreal. Yeah, that was awesome. That he hit that. Um, and then for the last three, we will go. Ah, wait, who is who was the one you just said? Jack Adley. Jack Adley. Yeah, that's not a baseball player. At he's not. Jack Adley. It is maybe the first name's wrong. Wasn't Adley in the home run derby? Adley Rushman. Oh, his first name is Adley. Adley Rushman. He played football okay, at Oregon Rushman. State, by the way. He tackled Christian McCaffrey on a play. I did, I did see, I did see that clip on TikTok. Okay, Adley, <laughs> Jack Adley, <laughs> and then the last two will go Miguel Cabrera, Miggy, the legend. And to wrap it up, we will go with uh, Carlos Correa Jr. Jack Adley. Wow. Uh, okay, that was better than I thought. Even though I did get one fake name out of you. Derby that though. was hard, actually. Yeah, I mean, you said it yourself. You don't watch baseball. It shouldn't be that hard. Um, home run derby. I'm mad about the home run derby because I placed a bunch of bets on it. I had Julio Rodriguez to win. I had Randy Arozarena to win. And I also had Julio to beat Randy Arozarena in the final at like stupid odds, 31 odds. The only thing I didn't have was anything with Vlad Jr. winning. And I love Vlad Jr., but uh, when that was down to three, when Arena was in the final and it was Julio versus Vladdy, I felt so good. I thought I was sitting so pretty. Like I had a guaranteed like $500 lined up on a $20 bet. And then Vladdy just eviscerates me. I mean, J-Rod was gassed. He put way too much effort into beating Pete Alonzo when he didn't need to. Um, bummer, bummer, man. And then Randy choked. Can we call that a choke? That was a straight up choke from Randy. Oh, 100%. He needs four with 30 seconds. He's at like a five per 30 second pace. He needs two in the final 15 seconds and he can't hit one. Like, ugh, announcers kept talking, clutchest player in baseball? Come on. I might pull a conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory card. Why, you think he had a little sprinkled behind the scenes? Hey, I mean, if I was in the home run derby, you think I'm not sprinkling? That's fair. Um, all right. So no predictions from you then for the All-Star game because you don't care. No, not I no, and I'm not gonna fake care either. Is this is baseball your least favorite professional sport? Like what what sports do you like more than baseball? Uh I'm damn near all of them. Shit, even tennis, like tennis, golf, 
You go like basketball, basketball, basketball one, soccer two, then what? Probably football two, then soccer. Oh wow, wouldn't expect that. Yeah, probably football two, soccer, uh, golf after that, then tennis, then like everything else you can think. Like I'd watch pickleball before I watch baseball for real. I love pickleball for the record. I'm convinced that if I, so I've been watching a lot of like singles pickleball videos lately. They just pop up on my like for you page. I'm convinced that with 12 months of training, I could be a professionally ranked pickleball player. Uh, I actually wouldn't bet against that, but that also is a good segue into why I kind of hate on baseball a little bit because my freshman year of college, I had an argument that I couldn't make contact with 10 straight fastballs <laughs> thrown by Justin Furlander right down the middle. And all it has to do is touch the bat. Yeah, you absolutely. And they said said I could not do that. You absolutely could not do that. 10 straight? 10 straight down the middle? Carter, major league hitters can't do that. I'm not. Make contact on 10 straight Verlander fastballs? I'm not hitting it, though. All I got to do is I got to. It could nick the bat. Right. Major league hitters can't do that with a Verlander fastball right down the middle. The, I could hold the bat out there and nick it. I, mean, I think you're really underestimating your ability to bunt or you're overestimating. I'm not, I'm not bunting. I'm literally talking about, I'm holding, I'm literally. You'd have a better chance if you were bunting instead of just holding it. I can't, so you don't think I would nick it? No. No, I th- I would set the over under at zero point five times you touch a Verlander pitch. If he's okay. if I are, first of all, right. are we talking prime Verlander or today Verlander? This is my freshman year of college, so prime Verlander. So prime Ver prime Verlander's touching one oh one. You are not touching any of those pitches. Okay. Joey Romance, if you're listening to this, we'll test this theory out. I think Joey's got a little work to do to touch. Prime Verlander, but I would like to see it because I don't think you could do it with Joey pitching. So okay. do you have other self-beliefs? What else do you believe that you're capable of in professional sports? Because that's crazy. Oh, that's about it. I'm honestly don't think I'm capable of much. Like you don't think you put you in space against Derrick Henry a hundred no, times. Like, you're I'm not, not I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those guys. I'm not one of those. Could I get one yard in the NFL? I wouldn't. Like I'm no. I'm not scoring 15 in the NBA game if I play 45, 48 minutes. Like, How many are you scoring in the NBA game? Hmm? How many are you scoring in an NBA game if they if put you at power forward, I guess? small. You might be a small forward in the NBA. Um, you might be a shooting guard in the NBA. <laughs> you might be Deion Waiter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How many are you scoring in 48 joke. minutes? <laughs> that Deion Waiter felt like a fat joke. It wasn't a fat joke. Just a big body two guard. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I'm probably not scoring. You're not getting a point in 48 minutes. Why not? Okay, I think you have a better chance of that than touching a Verlander fastball. If you think I'm worried about scoring, if I'm playing an NBA game, you're completely wrong. Team player. That's why I like you. You know no, your I'm role. Not, no, I'm not team player. I'm worried about getting some flicks off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, could you win a point off Carlos Alcaraz? No. Not one. Like if you played a hundred points in a day, you couldn't. You couldn't win one point. Intent? No. I don't could you, know re- I could you return his serve? No, I don't even know if I could win a point off you in tennis. <laughs> Probably not. I'd love to see that happen though. All right, relax. Okay, <laughs> we'll set it up. 
That would that actually be a really good next sleepers bet is uh, we'll play a full tennis set. And if you win a point, then I don't know what we can come up with. We'll, we'll play. We'll play. Every, we'll have a sleeper sports week or super sports month where me and you go one on one in every sport possible that we can go one on one. in. I would like to see that. We could start with putt-putt, which you claim you're better than me at, which is crazy. Again, Dimers on Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to be essentially commentating a version of a putt-putt match between two of the best putters in the world. Sleepers worldwide, doing what we can. Stay tuned for that. All right, one big thing, Car. What is your big thing today? Uh, my NBA franchise signed a backup formats to $16 million annually. That stinks. I don't care. I get it. Beef stew, sick nickname, Pistons culture. He'll fight. He'll die for the Pistons logo. That's awesome. $16 million annually is disgusting for Isaiah Stewart. I'm sorry. Okay. I think I agree. I don't really agree. I don't disagree. I'm indifferent to it. Is that okay? Like, do I have to be mad about this? It seems fine. No, you don't have to be mad about it, but it doesn't sit right with me. What do you wish happened? Like, you wish they just let him end his contract and no longer be a Piston? I mean... Because they I, didn't, it's not like they threw a max at him. They had to pay him something if they want to keep him long-term. I know it's not a like-to-like thing, but, like, Naz Reed is making, like, $12 million. Is Naz Reed that much better? Isn't he just, like, yes. NBA Twitter love affair? No, I truly think Naz Reed is better than Isaiah Stewart. Okay. I don't know that there's a huge difference there. Maybe. I mean are you a big are you a big Isaiah Stewart guy? No, I'm just not a big Naz Reed guy. Like eleven and five is better than eleven and six. Seems like the same guy. Like I I do I like Stu. I don't want him starting on this team three years from now, but I think the contract they gave him is fair if they want to keep him i'm a little the thing that scares me the most is that they're saying like he's the heart of the rebuild we're screwed if that's it <laughs> just give him his money and say he's a part he's he's a guy yeah. here that's yeah, what, 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 what's some, what's something you can like because you can lose your he's the appendix of the rebuild yeah yes like you can lose you can lose him yeah and be okay you can have him removed we don't necessarily want to go into the season without an appendix, but we could if needed. But we will. We have to. Would you pay $16 million a year to keep your appendix? No. I don't know if I would either. All right. My one big thing. Uh, did you see that Hunter Dickinson was talking to Juwan Howard? Yeah, I did see that. Did you see that Hunter Dickinson then came out and – Gave an interview where he said he's never worked so hard in an offseason and Kansas practices are so much harder than Michigan's. Did he actually? I did not see that. He did. That's all happening, Cart. And uh, I don't know that I can do a full year of this is where I'm at with it right now. Uh, Hunter, you might be listening to this. You have definitely interacted with the sleepers before. Still open invite if you want to come on. But I'm going to just speak directly to you for a moment, Hunter. Please, for the love of God, just stop. Just stop it. Just please let it end. Let this be it. I thought you leaving would be the end. I thought I wouldn't have to do this anymore. 
And I have to, I still have to do this right now. I can't do this for six more months. You're not on my team. That's fine. I hope your season stinks. I hope you absolutely flame out at Kansas. I hope Bill Self has the worst regular season he's ever had and all the fingers are pointed at you. That's how I personally feel. If that doesn't happen, great. Congratulations. But for the love of God, just stop talking about Michigan. You're gone. You don't want to be here anymore. That's fine. Just let, stop let, it. Let, let them rest. Just stop it, dude. Like you don't go date a hotter girl and then constantly talk about your ex-girlfriend. That's not how this works. Like, just shut up. We get it. It's Kansas. Kansas is Megan Fox. Awesome. Michigan's not. They stink. Stop talking about us. That's it. <sighs> Are you, you okay? I don't know. I really am so sick of it. <laughs> I know. I just don't want the one big thing to always become you agitated. Like, I, I might require one big thing to be something like you're excited about positives like maybe one day a week we have to end with a i need i need one positive one big thing a week okay also. i can do that also uh yeah should we change the name for one big thing yeah that was a miss on my part wasn't it, it which is kind of wild because you're very creative and like coming up with things like that and in the segment you came up with is one big thing yeah I'll, <laughs> we'll change that name for tomorrow also, I wanted to pitch you separately on this, but now I'm just going to say it out live on the show. I think Fridays should be Riley Fridays, and we should get Riley Davis to come just basically take over the whole show every Friday. I mean, you had me at Riley Fridays. All right, we'll talk about that. But Riley, if you're listening, you're probably not. Uh, we want you to be our show every Friday. So we'll see. All right, thanks yeah. for listening, and everybody. There's and, there's pressure, and there's pressure for you because if we're going to label it Riley Fridays, we're going to have to find another Riley if you don't come. Thanks for listening, everybody. This was the Sleepers Podcast, Tuesday, July 11th. We will be back tomorrow. And uh, like and subscribe and all that nonsense. Go to the YouTube channel. Hop in the comments. We'll read the comments every single day. And uh, appreciate you. Have a good Tuesday, everybody.